0: Texas.
1: Episode of the Double Down podcast. Whether it's makes boots or suscitating your friends from the brink of death, we're your home for all things re. I'm your host Will, and joining me from the neutral land of Sweden is my co-host Meatball and Jam. And joining us from across the country in the Lone Star State is our other co-host.
2: Hey, movie expert Ron here.
3: Hey, how's it going, guys? Did you finally pass your movie expert test? I know you've been studying for a long time, Rob. Actually,
2: I did. You know, and it, w- it was pretty easy. It was one question. It's what is the greatest movie of all time? What's the
3: answer? Oh, Yeah,
2: The Godfather.
3: Oh,
1: oh easy, I easy, don't, easy I don't baby. Know.
2: Pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. You know, movies are economically uh-huh. like digging a hole.
3: Okay, go wait. Go, what, yo, what does that mean? Say, say well, more.
2: You know, you you go down. You sit. You sit into a movie theater. What do you actually get from that i mean
3: you're gonna have to say more buddy i, I don't understand well,
2: when you have a movie you know you put together all these resources uh-huh. and what's the end product really i mean it's it's an idea really there's nothing to really show for it uh, are you talking I mean,
3: it, it makes you happy i don't think digging holes in the ground makes people happy oh uh,
2: that's arguable but i mean what's the economic point of making someone happy
3: making people happy? Well, I mean it's why people buy things. It's why we well, spend. It's just the foundations of economics.
1: People need holes dug too. I mean, people pay people to dig exactly. holes like holes or, or graves. Yeah, people die. Yeah,
2: you know, with with all the time we spend making movies, what if we spent it on digging holes? Oh man. We'd have we could dig our way to China. We could fix so many economic problems. You know what I'm saying?
3: Okay. I think I'm trying to see your point, Ron. There's just one last question. What does Digging Holes have to do with The Godfather being the greatest movie of all time?
2: Okay, here's here's what I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to get to Shia LaBeouf's 2000s classic, Holes.
3: Also a good movie. Yeah, great yeah. movie. Yeah, it was Shia LaBeouf. Shia
2: LaBeouf, you know, a masterful. <laughs>
3: Fantastic. Mom. Masterful actor. So
1: that's that was like the trick question on this movie expert test. It was the
3: Godfather, but you had to write in movies are like holes like the movie. <laughs> actually I mean fun fun fact fun fact you can actually just put any Shia LaBeouf vehicle in there. Yeah, I
2: mean they're they're all pretty much the same movie. I mean if you got Shia LaBeouf, that's it.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Transformers so think- is the same exact movie. As uh that recent biopic he did about John McEnroe. Yes, the yeah <laughs> tennis man. So
1: I think the fighters. point of what we're saying to wrap it up with a nice bow is that let's put all of Shia LaBeouf's
3: movies in a big hole and forget about it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> no. Oh sick this, sick this. No, we're just kidding, Shia. We'd love to have you on the cast sometime have your people call our people we're big fans
1: (laughs) oh but anyway let's get into uh remake news fly to the navigator which is a disney movie about a kid that finds a alien spaceship and it befriends him for some reason the spaceship does yeah the spaceship is kind of like sentient and befriends this kid and he becomes the navigator which i don't i've never seen this fucking movie it's from 1978 it's one of those old Disney movies that gets like pushed to the corner of the walt
3: vault is it live action
1: about. it's live action yeah oh and no it was, was like... it
3: the, was it the kind of thing like in mary poppins or pete's dragon where it's like half cartoon half live action because that would be oh, no, so funny in a weird <laughs> alien cartoon ship
1: i only watched the trailer so i didn't see any of that in there i i would not be surprised basically the ship was kind of like um if you ever played the portal video games it, it has this
3: man i you got a wide base of references it has this
1: oculus thing that it's comes down mostly video games <laughs> yeah and and talks to him um talks to the kid but yeah, I don't know what the fuck the movie's about besides the kid flying around in the spaceship, which is every kid's dream. So I feel like this is golden. Yeah, I was going to say, do you need more than yeah, that? Yeah, this it is, seems pretty this good to this me. This is a golden area for reboot territory. Yeah, so you guys have any other remake news, or are we just going to stick on Flight of the Navigator? All right, well, let's get into the movie we watched this week. Oh, then. no.
3: I've been dreading this moment <laughs> all week.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. We watched the 1990 drama sci fi I think so. Thriller, say thriller.
2: Yeah, it's skirting the lines. you know, it it Uh, likes to, uh, it likes to flip flop.
1: Starring Keeper Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, and Julia Roberts. Directed by Batman By Batman? Return Zone, Ju- Joel Schumacher. Ooh,
2: love me old
3: Schumacher. Uh, He's a great guy. It's
1: about, for those who haven't seen it, it's about five medical students who are experimenting on near-death experiences.
3: So, yeah, I think we should be clear on the premise, because the premise is actually pretty sweet. They induce uh, near-death experiences in people. So, basically, what they do is they like bring people just up to the point of death, and then they revive them yeah um, and, and then so, but they're doing this for research and they go in and like have kind of crazy dream things
1: and then there starts to be side effects uh, that are like their sins coming to haunt them yeah, yeah so, that,
3: so then there ends up being like a weird connection between this kind of like near death experience kind of dream state and the actual world around them which is like I thought premise wise it was a cool idea
1: yeah, for sure, and a great uh, like I think it's a great base to remake a movie off of and make it actually cool because this movie it is kind of one note it exactly
2: because like, they they just keep pounding the same idea over and over again of yeah. like oh we got a flat line we got to yeah. flat we got to keep going back in
3: in a way if they had make made it more like being a heroin addict that would have been kind of interesting. They didn't even quite do that. They just <laughs> went through a series of flatlines. Yes.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I mean they they are like heroin addicts, yeah. and like you said, you know they're right. addicted to to dying. Yeah, but they're, they're
1: not ever, really they're getting, getting they get it. smarter. That's the thing. That's why they want to keep yeah. doing it is because it like rewires their brain, so they come out and they're way smarter. Yeah. Than they were. So like they can pass their medical exams easier. So they're like, oh, I want to do that.
3: The movie was like, you know, like someone comes up with a really good premise for a yeah, joke right. or something, and they have the premise. And then they just think the premise is the whole joke, like there's no punchline. There's like no way of like so that was the problem with the movie was they had like this sweet premise, but then they just thought, oh, the yeah, premise exactly. is good enough. And we don't have to write the rest of the, the movie. Tone was really. kind of weird too. And we don't have it to kind think of tried about to be horror it at all. for a little bit and just like fucking fell pretty flat. Yeah, well, because there was nothing scary. Like if they had like had demons or something
1: in it, <laughs> or like, yeah, so like it's something scarier than like a little kid in a hoodie. Like beating yeah. the shit out of Kiefer Sutherland, which is like funnier than it was scary. Yeah, that's true.
3: The problem
2: with know. these characters is that you don't—they're not believable. They're supposed to be these, you know, smart medical students, but they're—you know—they're idiots. Like, who actually would stop their heart over and over again?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're just like they're rock star medical students.
2: Exactly, but but you know they they you know rock hard nipple students. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm getting at here. That's what I believe in. And they didn't show it here, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joel Schumacher is good at making ice puns. uh, Yeah, exactly. And putting
3: nipples on Batman's suit. (laughs) The two things he's good at.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of one note throughout the entire thing. And then in the very end, Keeper Sutherland just, like, does it to himself, like, flatlines himself, and they find him and save him. He, like, went into the afterlife to make amends with, the bully that was, like, or the kid that he bullied?
3: Yeah, I think so.
1: So that raises so many questions because, like, was that the actual kid in the afterlife just, like, being pissed at him or was that, like, death?
3: You know, what my, I like, I honestly doubt that they thought it out long enough for them to, like, yeah, yeah. for there to be, like, a fact about this. I'm guessing they just were like, right. oh, this is a weird thing. Just don't ask too many questions.
1: Yeah, so then they, they wake yeah. him up from... The thing, and then, like, that's pretty much it. Then credits roll. But, like, what about the rest of them? The rest of them are still being haunted by <laughs> their fucking demons.
3: Yeah. I don't know.
1: There's, like, this seems like a good enough place, is any, to fucking end this piece of shit.
3: They should have they made the know. demons, like, crazier and made the demons sort of, like, turn into real yeah.
2: demons. This could have been like a, a, you know, a Terminator style, like, they're getting totally. haunted. They gotta fucking... Do something about it. Know. That's... It, yeah, I feel
1: like it'd be guns. really easy to remake this movie because then you just you just make it a horror movie.
3: Yeah, instead of like a weird drama, you can make it like an action horror thing. I think. Well, you could do that yeah. pl- with the cool premise. Yeah, like, it, yeah. I, yeah, actually, like there's a way in which this movie's got like the right bones for a decent remake.
1: Totally. So hopefully they fucking pull through in 2017. But from what I've heard,
3: yeah, it has a. I mean, we we, we said this already on the mini episode, so it's worth saying again. Right now, on Rotten Tomatoes, the new film has a zero percent approval rating.
1: Well, actually, as of recording, it has a two percent rating. Oh, on
3: Tomatoes. well, hey, you know, one, there's only going One on.
1: Australian movie reviewer, one Miss Vicky Roach, said, "Like its predecessor, the new version also nails the horror elements." So. wait, I thought it was
3: universally agreed upon that the older movie did not nail the horror elements.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. But old Mickey <laughs> R Begs to Dipper Army disagrees. Oh my god. But she also I I went I was like that is baffling. So I went <laughs> in to see what her other her other like controversial opinions oh, are. Oh sweet. Um she she reviewed Baby Driver, which has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, great movie in my opinion. Yeah. Um but she gave it a rotten, saying after eating exhaust fumes for the best part of two hours, this moviegoer left felt decidedly queasy. What? But then she, then like maybe two movie reviews down, she gave the 15% rotten Transformers the last night a fresh rating, <laughs> saying Bay's Last Hurrah is the sci-fi equivalent of an all-you-can-eat banquet dinner. The flavors sometimes clash, but there's no doubt, uh, there's no doubting its value for me. Sounds
3: like,
2: like she she has digestive issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: it's all like kind of food and like. Yeah. I think we should. I think we uh, need to use her as a segment. We should do like read, just read out Vicky Roach's uh, review of the week.
1: That's a great idea. All right, but let's get into the uh, pitches this week. Uh, so Jimmy, you're on a hot streak, man. You're you you can't lose right now.
3: I mean, I'm two for two. I don't know if that's a hot streak. But.
1: That's, by definition, a hot streak. I'm
3: heating up. Um, I'm heating up. up, up. Yeah, heating,
1: you're heating up. This could, by, be, could be, you could be hot.
2: If you get this one, no. you're undisputedly hot.
1: That's yeah, true. That's exactly. true. And then you'll be a hot property in Hollywood. Maybe we can start yeah. fishing you out to the studio. That's before. right.
3: That's right. They'll hear that I got 3 for 3 on the Double Down podcast and the <laughs> the phone the phones will just start ringing.
1: But Ron has something to say about that this week. He's going up head-to-head against Mr. Jimmy himself. But Jimmy, since you are the tour de force so far, uh I'll let you decide who goes first in their pitches.
3: All right, I'm a confident man. I'll go first. All right. Let's hear it. So I think one of the problems with this film was it didn't bring in enough fantasy elements, right? I want bigger, crazier afterlife dream sequences. I want more monsters. But I also want a main character I can relate to more. So these were like, like we were saying, these were like rock star med students. They're like badasses, Mm -hmm. but they're really, really smart. Oh yeah, sorry
1: to interrupt, but on that note. One thing I really liked about the original was when Kevin Bacon who was like the hotshot doctor in the movie did the uh, defibrillator paddles. I <laughs> liked how he put some stank into it every time he did it. He was like, "Yeah, Bang, that's Bang. Right. I mean, the, like, yeah. Fucking, as if that made a difference. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I just liked his style.
2: Well, here's here's a uh, a misnomer or a misunderstanding about defibrillators. It's it's not supposed to resuscitate a stopped heart. Merely a heart with a, uh, you know, a regular a, rhythm. bad rhythm. Yeah, regular rhythm. So
3: this is great. This is great stuff, guys. I'm glad you're doing this mid pitch for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: just letting you know.
3: Yeah. So keep that in mind when
1: you're pitching. If that changes anything in your pitch, you're welcome. Oh, oh. Actually, I'm just gonna have to throw out yeah. my original idea now. <laughs> it was all about yeah. the science. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I'll- and, and you know if you're doing CPR, <sighs> you're supposed to go to the beat of. Uh, the Bee Gees classic is it another one bites the dust is I thought that it was it? staying alive I feel
3: like staying alive is a little too on the nose
2: <laughs> I prefer another one bites the dust
3: I, I feel like another one bites the dust is yeah. a little bit on the
1: nose in the other direction
2: though or no, you, you can do some like prog rock, some really crazy like...
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you're supposed to do like mega death. Anyway, Jimmy, you were you were doing a pitch? Jimmy, what are you... Yeah, come, on. come on. You got a pitch, right? Hey, cutting in real quick because Jimmy's audio fucks up at this next part. I mean, 53 episodes and we still haven't figured it out, but we're getting Jimmy a new audio recording program, so hopefully this won't happen again. But I tried to cut up this part to make as much sense as possible. Unfortunately, Jimmy's pitch was complete bullshit, so it's, it's hard to understand even if it hadn't cut out. So, uh, bear with us.
3: Okay, so the main character of my film is Chab Grindwelf, Freshman college student Chab Grindwelf is furiously masturbating while he just passes out, and then his body gooshes everywhere. Of clouds, and there's like a sexy tentacle monster, and it's like grazing his body with little puss, and it's got sexy feathers, and it's tickling him, but it's kind of nice. Now stuff's going to get weird, and then he wakes up, and he's in the dorm room. A joke. The movie began. Were you on Quayle? only been knocked out for 90s? 20 seconds. It's like the it, hey. the movie is basically the finale of Dallas. So that's what you're emulating. And that the is the
2: worst parts. cop out. The
1: finale of Dallas. The dream is dead. Fucking uh Jimmy Jimmy's about to be dethroned by Ron's hot pitch because that was Jimmy, Jimmy just killed the podcast. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're parodying the podcast, Jimmy.
2: It's a man jerking off in his dorm room. The movie. Yeah,
3: the movie. He's yeah, not, I it. mean, he's done drinking he off in the first couple of minutes of the film. It's just about the hallucination. It's very, like, Aronofsky, you know. It's like no, it's like Aronofsky it's meets the Spawn film.
1: It's like Aronofsky meets a fucking crazy homeless man under the bridge that stabs him <laughs> with a broken Coke bottle and puts on his clothes and goes and does a fucking movie about a guy jerking off in a dorm room. That's what it's fucking like.
3: Actually, I love that description. I think that's perfect. I'm willing to go All with right. that.
1: All right, great. Ron, this should be a layup, man.
2: Oh, boy. Let's bring it back to reality. Let's let's ground it a bit more. I got something good. You know, the great thing about the original Flatliners is, you know, these... these these students are, you know, that they're they're competent at the height of society, and yet they still want to kill themselves, do something really stupid. It's It's like mountain climbers that bring lubed gloves. You know, it's just what? it's kind of a yeah. really what? Is, what a transition. strange
3: simile <laughs> that was. <laughs>
1: Those guys are so dumb. I hate when mountain climbers <laughs> do that.
2: So here's my pitch: five young college students ride the edge of death to experience the afterlife. Starts off with Dale Crabman. He's a model student at Stanford. He's a senior with a quintuple major in various engineering, business, and humanities courses with a 5.0 GPA. And he's a medical student at Johnny Hopkins University and solved Wait, cancer. He's an undergrad at he's Stanford. He's got two girlfriends. Whoa, he's a
3: medical student yes. at John Hopkins and, in Baltimore. Yes. And he solved <laughs> he cancer. He solved cancer. He didn't cure it. He solved, he solved it. it. I, I, I'm just going to say look, look, my movie had had a talking hot dog monster, and I think this premise is more dumb.
2: It's a little more believable. All right, so he's got two girlfriends. They're former Playboy Playmates. They're MacArthur Genius Grant recipients, (laughs) so he's got a maid. Now, Daryl's best friend is Spork, a mentally challenged young man who isn't enrolled in Stanford but lives under a bridge on campus. Finally, there's Finn McMeat. He's 7'5 and 350 pounds of pure muscle. You don't want to mess with Finn McMeat
3: a sport right. and Finn McMeat and his two girlfriends right, both MacArthur genius are award winners unnamed
2: so you know he's got everything he wants in life and he doesn't even need to work he's inherited 50 billion dollars as an orphan to the Crabman empire so that's his problem you know he's experienced all the highs of life he needs more his, his dopamine receptors are so fried from you know repeated nights of excess with his girlfriends you know doing exceeding amounts of hair and his meth hair. while base jumping <laughs> Heroin. Sorry. You know, while base jumping and having relations this with his the guy's the least
3: relatable. This guy's, cool. <laughs> you know. this guy's the least relatable guy so, ever.
2: <laughs> that could be the opening scene. Wait, actually.
3: all of that is the opening scene. Um,
2: it's like a parachuting sequence. You know, he's doing heroin and eth, and you know, he's having relations with his girlfriends. They pull out their genius grants.
1: <laughs> the yeah.
2: <laughs> and you know, he's also you know, he's like, Hey, I'm Daryl, I all <laughs> cancer. I thought his name was Finn. Uh, Who's Finn? No, Finn McMeat yeah. is the uh, big guy. <laughs>
3: that's that's his identifying quality. Finn McMeat is uh, just sport. a big guy.
2: Yeah. So, you know, he's looking at the camera, he's like, if you got a problem, talk to Finn McMeat. Wait, what's the main character's you name know. again? Daryl Crabman.
1: Daryl Crabman, okay. Crabman. That's why you said Crabman Empire before. Crabman,
2: yeah, that's that's why. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, totally. So <laughs> he's fried, you know, he's completely fried depressed. He needs more. So he assembles. Yeah, his I feel friends. bad for him. You know, his girlfriend's and spork.
3: Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, for poor, yeah, him his, and he's his sad. riches it's a drama. Playboy MacArthur Genius Award winning yeah. girlfriends. <laughs>
2: it sucks. So he wants to flatline. So, you know, late night at Johnny Hopkins University, he gets his friends, you know, he gets the defibrillators, and they flatline him. And then his flatline sequence, he's living his life as a factory worker in Foxconn you know, the place that makes iPhones in China. And so for 12 hours a day, he assembles iPhones. You know, his one job is, you know, screwing in this one screw at the bottom. And so he gets one day off out of the week to see his family and his older wife, affectionately called Droopy. <laughs> you know, after, so he's living his life. He doesn't know how to escape. And after seven months of this, you know, he, he really needs to get back. So he decides to flatline. So he gets Droopy to flatline him, and he wakes up. And he's back at Johnny Hopkins University's, surrounded by his girlfriends and friends. Finn McMeat is in a fight with various large animals. (laughs) And Daryl suffered severe brain damage from lack of oxygen, and his girlfriends leave him, and he lives the rest of his life with spork under a bridge at Stanford the end
3: oh my god are you still sure that i'm not taking this week will <laughs> uh, i don't know i liked pirates better i liked
1: the idea of like this really rich and, like if you let like took the cartooniness out of it a little bit it's not bad because he like it's a real journey yeah, a successful guy that has everything and then he goes under and lives the life of a factory worker. Yeah, like and Freaky he sees it and he goes,
3: oh, I don't like this. Yeah, or or more like, like a beautiful um, life kind places. of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. which makes more sense than done. Otto
1: Rock is <laughs> creating yourself.
3: Why? People pass out from it. They have near-death experiences. They're wildly euphoric. And I also like... This liked, is well-documented.
1: I, I also like the fact that when he woke up, uh, because if you're fucking brain-dead for that long, then you you suffer yeah. brain-dead. This is, this is is, what is happens.
2: a reality-based...
3: i mean it was still all a dream in yours too the guy just wakes up with brain damage also why did you take so long to like introduce all those characters like sport and finn McMeat if they're like
1: (laughs) not really really the main part of the film especially snoopy (laughs) his wife when he was a factory worker droopy Droopy? i thought it was snoopy
2: no droopy not snoopy come on this is a reality based (laughs) plot but let's hear it let's hear it from the only guy that matters
1: All right, all right, so we sent these two pitches. Poor fucking guy.
2: Poor fucking
1: uh, Lonnie 3G. Uh, Lonnie 3G is a guy that works at a radio station in Florida who is more than happy to read these pitches and and weigh in. So, I mean, without further ado, let's fucking hear Lonnie 3G.
0: So, honestly, this was a really tough pick for me. Um, Both of the scripts, uh, they're... I'd have to say they're pretty uniquely and very expertly written. They each have a, a, they both feature a large amount of, I would say there's a lot of character development that I notice as I read through both of these. Um, in one story, we have Chab um, passing out from asphyxiation after uh, beating off. And that's, I guess, that's his thing that he likes to do. But um, in the other story, we have Daryl Krapman who goes on this amazing adventure but both of them have that moment where they flatline, and I think that's what really that's a similarity between these two. I'd have to say the one that I would be most interested in seeing developed into a live action movie and going to watch might be Flatliners The Reawakening. Um I think I think the whole I, I think the whole aspect of the characters were a lot more colorful in this one, uh, being that we had Daryl Crabman, uh, the student at Stanford who was doing a Quintuple major. Uh, in engineering, business, humanities, uh, and had a five point GPA, along with his uh two playmate girlfriends who are also uh MacArthur MacArthur Genius Grant recipients, and his best friend Spork, who lived under the bridge at uh Stanford. All that seems to make for a really colorful cast, and I'd I'd really be interested, in seeing. Kind of how that plays out. So that would definitely be my, my first choice. Although the second one with all the um, professors choking out the college students to see what they see whenever they're playing, um, I think it was Jerky, Choky, Sploosh, Sploosh. That would also be a pretty fun one to watch too. But first pick definitely goes to Flatliners um, Reawakening.
3: This is right. DS. You, he honey, loved all the characters that. that are not in the main plot of the movie. It
0: adds flavor. Yeah. It's spite.
2: you know, it's like a steak do
3: you, do you know it's like steak? Lord of the Onion Rings. Whatever
2: yeah. my character was. It
1: didn't even make sense, Jimmy. He was made of sausages. Yeah. Well, oh, hot dog parts. <laughs> Oh, Listen. boy, don't even try. Your you movie's know he's Dead in the Water, Jim, and Ron is the new champion of the cast. That's BS. How does it feel, Byron?
2: I'm ready to take on Hollywood, man. I'm ready to change the whole game. Fuck yeah. Remember when Tarantino came out with Pulp Fiction? Flatliners reawakening, the next Pulp Fiction. You heard it here.
3: <laughs> I got cocky. I got cocky, I'll admit it. You did. This was your Spider-Man 3. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, thanks again to Lonnie3G. I don't know what he thinks of this podcast based on those two pitches. Did you send, do you like, send these people the podcast link? No, I don't. I maybe should. All right, let's go watch the fucking 2017 version of Flatliners, and we'll be right back to talk about it. Hey, how you doing? Let me ask you a question.
4: Do you hate your miserable life? Is your wife always nagging you to take out the trash? Is your boss always busting your balls to take out the trash, cause you're no better than a stinking garbage man? Did you ever just want to escape from reality, but you can't afford those expensive hallucinogenic drugs? Well, I've got the answer for you. Come on down to Vito Rigoletto's Discount VR Warehouse, where you can slip out of reality without slipping out of that dirty shirt you decided to put on your unwashed back. We've got all the best discount VR games and experiences that you've been dreaming of ever since you saw James Bond untarred that one guy in that one movie. What was it? Cable Guy? No, no, that was with Ace Ventura. Shit, what was it? Hold on, hold on a second. Gina! Gina! What? What was that movie where James Bond made the paint look as smart? Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man. That's it. You've been dreaming of these things ever since Lawnmower Man. We've got games like Legends of Ross, Tree Dollars... Where's my fucking hat? $5. The Garbage Man Simulator? $15. We've got VR experiences you wouldn't even believe. Turnpike traffic? $2. Ronnie's graduation? $4. Ronnie's graduation party? Five Chicago. Nosebleed seats at the Islanders playoff game when they fucking blew their chances at the cup against those goddamn pussy fucking Canadians. Those cheating motherfuckers. For only six dollars! We've got it all, and every game and experience is created and coded by my genius nephew, Lorenzo. Say hello, Lorenzo. Hello, Lorenzo. Ah, that kid's a fucking star. What are you working on right now? Your mother. What the fuck did you just say to me, you little shit? I'll smack your fucking face. Your grandmother was the sweetest woman in the world, you little prick. Whoa, whoa! Your mother's a game I'm coding. You play as Grandma Carlotta she gives birth to all seven of her children. Oh, well then that's fucking beautiful. I should've never doubted you. Your grandmother would've been so proud. Come here, let me give it a try.
3: Yep. Oh, oh, shit, this is heavy.
4: There we go. All right, now, just to clip this in here. All right, we're ready. Turn it on. Ladies and gentlemen, the equipment we use at Vito Rigoletto's VR warehouse is completely state-of-the-art. Fresh off the boat from one of those careers. with an incredibly realistic haptic suit and gloves that pair with our itchless eyes set, you can see and feel every little thing your virtual avatar does. Oh, my God. I can see my father. Oh, he's so young and handsome. Look at him. Oh, what the fuck is that shit? Am I getting contractions? Fuck no. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just fucking, this doctor's telling me to push. Oh, it hurts so fucking much right now. This is a little too realistic, Lorenzo. Oh, Come out, you stupid fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ. One more push, one more push. Uh, And he's out. Oh, shit, he's out. Hey, that's my oldest brother, Tony, and I've completed level one. And I'm sure it gets much harder. My younger brother Donny's a fat fuck. He came out of my mother like a potluck lasagna out of a laundry chute. Fucking gavon. Avangul. So come on down to Vito Rigoletto's VR Warehouse and try these fucking things. People often address me as VR. So you can trust me about this type of stuff, cause it's in my name. It's my initials. And that's where the name of the business, which is Vito Rigoletto's VR Warehouse, comes from. It's my name, Vito Rigoletto. That's me. And the next part, vr that's also me and the final part is warehouse which is where you should be to come experience this vr again when i say that i mean virtual reality but to be honest i'll probably be there too so we can go either way off route six and we're
1: back from watching the 2017 remake of flatliners starring ellen page diego luna and nina dobrev directed by niels arden oplev for anybody that hasn't seen this movie which Good for you. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing, honestly. It's five medical students obsessed with what lies beyond the afterlife. Yada, yada. The real interesting th- thing, though, is the writer of the original 1990s movie, Peter Filardi, also Uh-oh. wrote this
3: movie. I mean, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a fresh take. This movie Blue. <laughs>
1: it was... One of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen, which really sucks. I was like looking forward to it. It wasn't even bad in a fun way, though. It was almost like Tommy Wiseau's Flatliners.
2: Mm. No, but that would have been writing. exciting no. and different. Yeah, yeah, at that least. would have been
3: far more entertaining. This was this just was like, so yeah, it
2: was so true. paint by numbers and cookie cutter. Yeah. Like even even the horror it was. noises were generic. It's like they got a sound pack and they're like, yeah. "Let's use number sound number yeah. five.
3: It, yeah, <laughs> if you took like yeah, it all it of yeah, you know, the most generic tropes and yes. like every category sound set like everything you did all of that and then you just didn't add any of like the stupid fun stuff this was like all the generic stuff but they forgot to add like fun actiony or y things they just stuck with the generic yeah
1: exactly and like we were saying earlier before we saw it like it was weird because they tried to go horror like late in the movie and i was like really looking forward to all of the cool things that they could do right and like by remaking that 1990s original idea. And it seems like once I read that the fucking writer was the same, it seems like he was like, no, it was great in the 90s, because it, it was a big hit in the 90s. Yeah. He was like, why would we change it? He co-wrote it with a guy named Ben Ripley. So I just imagine that writer's room being like Ben Ripley, like, come on, man, We're like, there's, we could do other stuff with this. And Peter Flaherty's like, why would we? <laughs> it was
3: great. Yeah, yeah really. Let's just oh, let's man. make
2: the it's characters just, more realistic and boring. There's there's right, no Kevin right, Bacon yeah. badass that's you know repelling out of his dorm window. Right. There, instead yeah, instead him, like, there's a, a doctor who's the equivalent of like Thad Castle from uh, Blue Mountain State. He's he, I wouldn't trust the guy exactly. as a doctor.
1: <laughs> no, he was the his, worst. It was like the, the stereotypical total like bro. numbers frat yeah. guy and there was nothing redeeming about him so i thought he was going to become like the bad guy or something but yeah. no he yeah. like they insisted that he his, was one of his the his main, main characters. reaction
2: to Ellen Page wanting to stop her heart was oh sick bro <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah mm-hmm.
2: listen there there was only one redeeming quality in this movie and it's that spoiler alert the main character dies halfway through that doesn't happen that actually shocked me Yeah that was like Ellen a real Page Game of died moment. halfway through Yeah and it's, it's obviously because she couldn't be bothered to stay for the whole filming of the movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was
1: improv. The little girl pushing her off. Are you, are you guys saying
3: the... Nina Dobrev is not top talent? She is the lead in Vampire Diaries. Yeah, this is the first yeah. I'm ever hearing about that show. Vampire Diaries, it's huge. It's got like nine seasons.
2: Vampire Diaries is, is incredible. Thank you. I love the idea of a Thank vampire. You. Like every night going to sleep, he's got to write his diary. Yeah,
3: like, it's fantastic. <laughs> Dear Diary. Lycans are real jerks. Ooh. I wish they would stop being so was part me. of, you know, they do go there because in every vampire property, eventually when they run out of vampire bad guys, they have to go to werewolves. Well, back to fucking
1: Flatliners I, I, I would rather talk um, about the Vampire
3: what, Diaries if we're being <laughs> honest.
1: I, I know you would. But there was one thing that really stuck out to me that I found weird. Uh, I mean, in a lot of these remakes where the actors from the originals are still, like, pretty popular. Um, oh, like yeah, cameos. Is, they bring them back, and in a cameo, and Kiefer Sutherland was like their their teacher yeah. in medical school in this, which I found bizarre because they didn't delineate whether or not he was actually right. the Kiefer Sutherland from the 1990s movie, which he totally could have been. And in that universe, that means that like time is cyclical within like a 20 year loop. Like every 20 years, there's gonna be these fucking kids who try to kill themselves, yeah. and he doesn't do
3: anything yeah. to stop them.
2: Yeah, I thought he was going to be like, I've been here before, guys. You don't want to do this. Instead, yeah. he's just, he's kind of in the background. He's he's, he's back, there for like well, three, two have minutes. fun.
3: Don't kill yourself now. Yeah,
1: and then I, I think overall in both movies, the biggest problem was that they were being haunted by their sins, yeah. quote unquote. Like it was a weirdly right. religious thing. It was like that didn't make, like the two didn't connect in my mind of dying and then you come back and then your sins haunt you. Why not, like, ghosts or, like, the afterlife haunting you?
3: Well, because, like, in some conceptions of the afterlife, though, you are tortured or whatever for your sins, right? And so I think it has some connection to do with that. So they go to the afterlife, and then they're coming into contact with their previous sins. i mean it kind of makes sense because that's what you do in the afterlife yes, you're judged for yeah, your sins so it's like kind of yeah. like
1: hell bleeding yeah. over or something it's it's kind of like the ghosts that wander the earth because they didn't complete a task you gotta go and forgive get forgiven or forgive yourself for whatever yeah, you, you know did. what
3: hashtag forgive yourself life's too short honey uh,
1: yeah life's too short to kill yourself and come back and be haunted by your dead little sister because you've we're texting and driving
3: yeah so if that's they
2: didn't hashtag, if but, they didn't flatline they would have been like well fuck you people in the past i don't i don't need your forgiveness
1: <laughs> that's true they just would have kept on living so thanks a lot ellen page glad you got pushed off a fucking fire escape bitch
3: i mean it seems a little harsh
1: all right well fucking this movie sucked yeah. never see it it's awful unless you're victoria rose is that her name the oh movie? yeah roach
3: Vicky Roach.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll be hearing more from Vicky Roach. Oh, Roe, I think so. Uh, in later podcasts. She's
3: going to join the we'll podcast. All
1: right, but uh, let's move it on into the lightning round. Lightning round. So the lightning round is a segment of the show where we pitch a movie, we pitch a remake on the remake that we just watched. So if we were to remake the 2017 Flatliners, how would that look? Cindy you start the clock
3: okay i have an idea right off the bat i want to get out Go here for it. i think it's the logical conclusion and far more satisfying we just make Grey's anatomy the movie okay. but every character commits suicide
2: god. oh god
1: <laughs>
3: No, that's it what do you mean they're just all <laughs> of them are depressed and tortured and then each of them one by one each of the cast of Grey's anatomy decides to kill themselves
1: So it's like a remake in name only, because they're all dying, so they're flatlining.
3: Yeah, sure. I don't know. Who cares?
1: (laughs) You just (laughs) want to see all the characters from Grey's Anatomy killed themselves. Yeah,
3: all I could think about was, like, this is, like, a shitty hospital drama. Yeah. And that's Uh, basically it, because it didn't even really, the fantasy elements didn't really overtake enough, and so then I started fantasizing about all the people in Grey's Anatomy killing themselves. That's how I got here.
1: Interesting. Okay, fair enough. Hmm. Well, that's a solid idea. Maybe we can jump off of that. But what was the progression of the oh, two man. movies? It, it
2: got it, more like, generic and boring and cookie-cutter. So I think instead of flatlining, they just they take a nap. They, it's nap liners. <laughs> they just nap. They're like, don't wake me up, whatever you do. <laughs> just let me sleep <laughs> for a couple yeah, hours.
1: Yeah, so it has to be like, it, we have to take it to the next step of it being like, Teen movie, teen comedy level stereotypes where there's like the nerd, the jock. Yeah, it's like
3: Breakfast Club. There's one black friend and he has like three lines.
2: It could be the choking (laughs) game with like sixth graders, like you know, like Stranger Things and It. That's 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 hot right now. Hot
1: kids. So we get the whole cast of the Burger King kids. (laughs) Yeah, we cast them like the Burger King kids. One's in a wheelchair. (laughs) One's Asian. One's uh, vaguely Hispanic. One's black, and one is Dutch. <laughs> and then yes. you get a dog with goggles. <laughs> there you go.
3: And they start choking each other out. They're playing that choking game. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about time they remake the Burger King. Film, <laughs> and then so why not do it in the weird Flatliners movie?
2: They're haunted by this creature called Snit.
3: <laughs> he uh, he appears to them as a mime. Yes,
2: it's a very scary mime.
3: Oh, I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, that took, took you, like you a, way too long to follow us. Well. Well, the creature's name in it is Pennywise. This is so
2: Nickelwise, nice. actually.
3: <laughs> I was gonna go with Nickel Dumb.
1: Yeah, so Nickel Dumb comes around and he's a mime. They instead of dealing with him, they just take a long nap.
3: Yeah, movie over.
1: And then we just go into their dreams, and they're all like, so the nerd dreams of like swimming through a sea of calculators. What <laughs> a weird, unrealistic <laughs> the, view the of the The dreams dream. of swimming through an ocean of footballs.
3: And then the movie's just called People Be Dreaming. <laughs> okay. Flatliners, people be dreaming.
2: You know, flat line is a is a misnomer, isn't it? You know, a line is flat.
3: Or it's redundant. Well I don't know. I mean lines can be curved. They
2: can they can be curved, I suppose.
3: Yeah. That's two different lines. No, not always. But that's several different lines. Well, I mean, if that's several different lines, so is a flat line. I mean they're all just made up of points. Maybe this is what the movies would <laughs> be about. What are lines dude? <laughs> it's, it's the Burger King kids
1: debating on what is <laughs> a line. It's really good if you get
3: high beforehand, and then a mime terrorizes all nickel. He's like trying to
2: point out—he's trying to point out like what a line is, just miming it. It's very difficult.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a really—it's like an avant-garde, arte French film where they just keep cutting to mime trying to describe what lines are via mime, and then back to the Burger King kids talking about it and taking intermittent naps. All right, I think we found it. <laughs> Flatliners, and people be dreaming. Hey, you
3: know what? Thanks, everybody, for listening. For all the people still listening that held on <laughs> to the end. Thank you so much. This movie was horrible. I think we suffered a lot. I think maybe we made the, suf- yeah. the listeners suffer a little bit, too, which I yeah, love. Like. I'm glad to be done it's with a cycle it. of abuse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're passing it on to you, and you're going to go
1: on and, you know, hit your significant other or kid or something, and we apologize <laughs> for inspiring that. Yeah. Blame oh, Flatliners. Hashtag people be dreaming. Hashtag blame Flatliners. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, the, so that's the episode. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Check us out on SoundCloud and Stitcher and all that good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Talk to you guys next week. Adios
4: now. Oh, Oh. come out, you stupid fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ.